Hi, this is Skip Graparis, and you're listening to Jim and Mike Talk Music. Today we have a special guest. He's a musician, actor, impressionist, and comedian. He's toured with Olivia Newton-John and appeared in both Major League One and Two. In his show Heroes of Rock, he performs over 75 different musical impersonations. Let's all welcome to Jim and Mike Talk Music, Mr. Skip Graparis. Oh, applause. Thank yes, well. yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, studio really. live before yeah. a studio audience. <laughs> I'm kidding. Woo-hoo. Are you in, <laughs> chi- you're in Chicago? You live in Chicago? Yes, Chicago suburb, Southwest. Okay. Been in the Chicago area most of my life. Okay. Yeah. Hey, so jumping into music, into music, uh, what's some of your earliest memories of, of music? All the way back now, start at the beginning. Yeah. Like, as far as uh, sing, uh, hits or whatever, it would probably yeah. be um, How High the Moon, 1951, Les Paul and Mary Ford. Okay. Mm-hmm. That I was three. And that kind of registered with me. I've mm-hmm. always been a Les Paul Mary Ford fan. I grew up listening to my, my uncle Gus owned a music store in Villa Park, Illinois. So he used to give us records and at the t- kids records at the time. So I'd listened to all kinds of stuff that he got. Sleeping Beauty, Tchaikovsky, mm-hmm. um, Peter and the Wolf, Prokofiev, stuff mm-hmm. like that. My mom played uh, piano around the house. She played ki- uh, classical piano. So that would be, yeah. a, you know, an early influence okay. too. That's good. That that's a good beginning to to hear. Any Elvis or the Beatles like later on? Oh, Elvis! Yeah. My first single that I ever bought was 1956. It was Hound Dog. Okay, yeah, that was the first record that I ever bought. Did and you that, dance? That did you dance around to it? Were you young enough to, uh, you know? I don't. I've never no. been a big dancer. Uh, people that have seen me dance are, are mm-hmm. rather happy about that. Um, Let's hear him sing. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Do you remember the? Uh, first album i assume you collected albums when you were you know oh, sure. a teenager Must have, yeah but do you remember um, the first one of my one very you... first was a, a ricky nelson album uh, around 1960 61 62 somewhere in there ventures the uh, mm-hmm. guitar instrumental group which were big at that time was one of my first albums and uh i think an elvis uh, the first elvis greatest hits mm-hmm. album yeah yeah, yeah. So, Skip, you started off on the piano, I saw in another interview. Um, yes, yeah, so yes, tell us, uh, not tell very us uh, well. how, how you progressed with that and other instruments. Well, my mom started teaching me piano when I was five, and That's that really. sort of gave me a foundation uh, for other things. And by the time I was 13, I got talked uh, into studying the saxophone by a family who was uh, a high school band director. So I started with the alto sax, then went to tenor sax. And um, I was a singer. I, I ultimately knew that sax wasn't going to work because I couldn't sing at the same time. Right. Mm-hmm. So I went, I went crazy and bought a $6 ukulele <laughs> to try out a stringed instrument to see if, yeah. you know, that, and I said, yeah, this feels pretty good. So then I got probably a $50 
uh, no-name acoustic from my uncle and started and then and got you... an electric guitar, which was a Gretsch, had one pickup. Mm-hmm. It had a, a candy pickguard. And by 64, I was playing in my first band, the Aristocats. Okay. Aristocats. <laughs> which, which Disney later made a, a movie about yeah. that. Of course, well, oh, yeah. I didn't get any didn't get any residuals or anything for that but we were first so <laughs> lots of bands until uh 1970 uh finally an album of our own group trilogy mm-hmm. we're on mercury records really great album uh mercury kind of slept on promoting it and so it went nowhere and there was discourse in the band we broke up about what year was that I wound up, for our uh, listeners joining, uh, what's that 1970 right you said right and uh then I joined a Chicago group called the New Colony Six, mm-hmm. who had had a couple hit records in the late uh, 60s. I was joined them in the kind of declining years, the last two years. I wrote and sang the group's uh, final two singles. That was 72 to 74. Correct. Then I started working solo, and I got a call. Then I get a call from uh, Bernie Percy, who was the drum trilogy, and wanted to know if I'd like to join a touring band and and play guitar, sing some, uh, Bernie, you know, I just quit a band. I'm not, it's Olivia Newton-John band. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So uh, I learned all the songs and memorized them and sprained a finger doing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And March 1975, I'm on stage playing a a show with Olivia. Wow. Were you- that went on for four years. Were you lead guitar or you were one of other guitars? I I played high strung, Nashville tuning acoustic guitar. And if you guys aren't guitarists, it's um it's a six string guitar, but the lower four strings are are an octave higher. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like half of a twelve string. So John Fair, who was Olivia's guitar player and main and producer and main songwriter, played those in a lot of her hits in the nineteen seventies. So he needs someone to play those in the live mm-hmm. gig. So yeah. he would teach me the precise parts and I would just recreate them on stage. Did you ever that, play a guitar like that before? Or you had to learn? No. Or... Yeah. And it, 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 no difference in how you play it. Mm-hmm. The difference yeah. is in how it sounded. It mm-hmm. felt a little different because the strings were a different gauge than you're used to, different thickness. Mm-hmm. Right. But other than that, pretty much played like I play a normal guitar. Four um, years is a long time uh, to be uh, doing that tour and touring with her. So uh, how, did, how did that go for you? Were there some ups and downs or how'd it go? Uh, mostly ups. Olivia was wonderful. So great to work for. We got along great. And I did a good job for her. You know, mm-hmm. I played the songs precisely. And, you know, and I also did some background vocals. When I first started with the band, I started singing some, uh, some of the girls' parts, harmonies mm-hmm. with her. And then by the end of the first year, they got uh, three uh, girl singers to do that. And then I switched over to singing the bass part on her country hits. Let me be there in your morning. And so on. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask about that earlier, about your voice. So uh, I was wondering about uh, the strength of your voice. You discovered, along with the guitar, that you could uh, have a strong voice, and people enjoyed that, too. Was, were you able to grow in your uh, confidence with your voice as well during that tour? Yeah, well, I guess I grew a little bit, but I, it had already grown quite a bit, late 60s, early 70s. Uh, my range expanded. I realized that I had a very strong falsetto and uh, could use that to my advantage. And so essentially I'm a baritone 
with a strong falsetto. I had been during that time been I writing songs and uh, I had played in so many bands, so I'd use my vocals actually quite a bit more in in the rock bands that that I fronted as opposed to playing in and singing in her band. I mean, yeah, I had a lot sense. of intricate guitar stuff that required precision and discipline, not much creativity. Right. And not a lot of singing that, you know, uh, compared to other groups that I had fronted in time. Now, you said you were on tour with her for four years? Yes. on You know, for whenever she toured during that four-year period, okay. I would go with her. Now, was this just in the U.S. or was this anywhere? Well, mostly U.S., but we did Canada, Hawaii, uh, we did uh, Japan, Australia. Uh, we did a world tour, which included Europe, Amsterdam, England, Germany. Um, wow, that's a Sweden. lot of places. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm leaving I'm leaving some out, mm -hmm. but uh, we were supposed to play Paris, and I guess ticket sales were down, so they they canceled the the show, mm. which is a shame because I wanted to go there. So I've been to Japan twice with her. Uh, I think the first time, maybe three weeks, the second, maybe two. And we played all over and we mostly, I think we stayed in Tokyo in these tiny mm -hmm. little uh, hotel rooms <laughs> I bet. and um, then take the bullet train from there to the smaller town that we'd play and then mm -hmm. come back, you know, the same night and so on. Well, there's some advantages of being, uh, you know, with the uh, in crowd, with the popular people, but yet people not recognizing your face and name. Yeah, it, I wasn't the front person, you know, on the programs and stuff that she would sell that my name would be there and there might be a picture that included me, but they weren't there to see me. There was, uh, yeah. She was the star. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So kind of uh, sometimes I'd get a special spotlight when I'd sing or something, but really she was the show. And we mm -hmm. were there to accompany her. Final gig that yep. I recall was at the Metropolitan Opera House in New York City. That was at the end world tour. And after that show, and we worked with a big orchestra there and everything, which is cool. She came up to me and she said, you know, uh, don't wait around. For, I'm not going to go on tour for a while. Well, okay. And as it turns out, she didn't go back on the road for another four years. In the meantime, I went to school, got a degree in speech and theater and use what I learned there in addition to my musical ability and put together a comic uh, rock impressionist act, mm -hmm. which I wound up headlining comedy clubs all over the country. Yeah. Um, I didn't see that coming. It just <laughs> kind of happened. You mm -hmm. went where your skills were led you. They liked yeah. it so much. They liked it so much. I thought, okay, well, I guess this is what, you know, who said life is what, is uh what happens when you're making other plans or something you know it's like mm -hmm. that had not been a ever a goal of mine to work in stand-up rooms but it happened and that was the heroes of rock a, no this was before no, that. just comic impressions the oh, heroes okay. of rock came yeah. much later okay those shows came much later okay i've been doing the heroes of rock shows for about seven years at some point i started feeling like oh you know this show is getting a little tired my cousin, John, who fronts a, uh, a uh, hip-hop tribute band called Two White Crew. <laughs> uh, That's good. Su su suggested that I, you should do a history show. And I thought about it a couple of years and finally said, yeah, you know, I need something new. Let's try that. So my first show was the 50s and 60s. I started in the late 40s. 
mm-hmm. uh, with, uh, what was I starting with? Either Muddy Waters or uh, T-Bone Walkers, I forget exactly. And then uh, through the 50s, through all the different phases, Rockabilly and whatever, through the 60s, ending with Woodstock in 1969. I did it for a while. I thought, you know, I probably should diversify even further. So I created a 1970s Heroes of Rock show. So 70 through 79. And I do my shows in, you know, chronological order and some backstories and personal anecdotes. Like when I do the 70s show, I talk about anecdotes with my time in Olivia's band, because that was mm-hmm. in the 70s and so on. Mm-hmm, right. I do an all Beatles music show, Skip Graparis meets the Beatles. <laughs> um, of course. I do uh, Elvis, Buddy, Ricky and Roy, the Rockabilly heroes. Still do my old comic impression act. And the new one that I'm working on that's going to be very popular in my area is the Illinois Heroes of Rock. Oh, okay. Great. So be, uh, the, the artists that either lived here or did all their recording in, in Chicago, Illinois, whatever, beginning with uh, Nat King Cole in 1940s, Route 66. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Bobby Troop song. And through everybody, I think the most recent one that I'm working on is uh, Fallout Boy. Okay. And... Uh, so well, is it just Chicago or, or, or Illinois? No, anything in the state, you know, but most of it has been Chicago. Cause I, there's a bit one of, of few, my favorite know, bands is, is Rockford. Cheap trick from Rockford. Right. Yeah. Right. That there, who else is from, uh, uh, Ario Speedwagon is from my, what is it? Champaign? I forget. Okay. Illinois. So there are, you know, there are artists that are not from Chicago, but most, most have been Chicago area. So with Heroes of Rock, people are getting entertained as well as that education. They can't help but be uh, educated along the way. All different ages, I'm sure, can, can gain from that. Yeah. Exactly. And that was one of the reasons I did it, that anybody can come watch it and not feel left out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, pro- the problem with my comic impressions uh, act, where I was doing satirical impressions, is that if if you didn't know the people I was doing, the yeah. comedy would make no sense. Right. <laughs> if I'm playing to a 20-year-old who doesn't know much about Paul McCartney and I'm doing comedy, the satire is just going to go, yeah. you know, right by him. But with these history shows, the audience doesn't have to have working knowledge of anything because I explain yeah. everything and identify everybody, you know, through. Mm-hmm. So I think it opens it up to a wider audience and you don't want to tell people beforehand who you're impersonating you know i noticed on um saturday night live they have this thing where they say the person's name and if a person comes into the room well, yeah, I, yeah. well hello there there's uh, no surprise no yeah, yeah so you know who <laughs> what impersonation <laughs> they're doing at, you know yeah that way if it's bad like you know, political gotta, people yeah oh okay mostly yeah, I'm not sure the point you're making. I know there's one there. Well, when you say you're uh, doing the, uh, other than the musicians, you said the younger people may not, were you talking about the musicians? Yeah. That younger people mm-hmm. wouldn't know who, who they were. Or, yeah. or if I do, um, you know, Al Pacino or um, yeah. Sammy Davis Jr. or something, yeah. young kids don't all know oh, who yeah. they are. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you, can't, you can't do a satirical impression. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know they're not yeah. going to understand the significance. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, you would have so to have girls of rock. Although there is comedy throughout these shows, but it's not in making fun of the people that I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. No. yeah. 
it's <laughs> yeah. uh, embellishing the presentation. Now, do you feel up to it to, for our listeners, do a little medley for us? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I don't have a, like, what kind of medley are you looking for exactly? Could you just be specific and tell me what you'd like to hear? Yeah, maybe like a little Bob Dylan, uh, Beatles, little snippets of a couple different songs. Sounds like that would be mid-60s era. Late 60s. um... I got something to say that might cause you pain. If I catch you talking to that boy again, I'm gonna let you down, leave you flat. Because I told you before, oh, you can't do that. Yeah. Nice. (laughs) There's a Beatle tune for you. Yeah. Uh, You have a specific Beatle tune you'd like? I'm sure everyone (laughs) don't know. I wasn't ready for that one. There's so many. Help or let it be. Oh, or, yeah. Uh, yeah, or one of your favorites. Help. I need somebody help. Not just anybody help. You know, I need someone help. When I was younger, so much younger than today, I never needed anybody's help in any way. But now these days are gone and I'm not for sure and now I find a change my mind I've opened up the door help me if you can I'm feeling down and I do appreciate you being round help me get my feet back on the ground won't you please please help me help me help me Ooh. very nice yeah excellent yeah, Skip, you've got a really strong falsetto there that, that can do just about anything. That's great. Love to hear that. Well, here's a, here's a, here's a falsetto song for you. We owe mama way. We owe mama way. Hey, up. Hush, my darling, don't fear, my darling. The lion sweeps tonight. Hush, my darling, don't fear, my darling. The lion sweeps tonight. I got a, I got a question for you there. You know, when people make requests, uh, is there any songs that uh, is there any songs that uh, people might request but you don't really enjoy doing or you don't really like the song? I mean, maybe that's not possible. But uh, you know, anything like that? Anything strange like that? Generally, if I know, I will do them. Yeah. Uh, although my shows are pre-written. Unless I'm playing a private party or something where I tell, yeah, I you know, you guys would like to hear anything special, let me know. Yeah. But for example, my Heroes of Rock shows, even my Beatles shows are all very precisely planned. 
mm-hmm. all the dialogue down to the syllable mm-hmm. is all prepared. Yeah. So there's really no room for requests in the middle of those shows. I, yeah, I, yeah. I've spent days and weeks finding the best sequence of songs uh, with dialogue and bits and all that kind of stuff. So not a lot of yeah. opportunity for uh, requests in my shows. Yeah. But if, you know, in this, this distance here, I just thought, you know, if you guys had something particularly you wanted to hear. Uh, but it doesn't have to be Beatles. What else? Uh, oh, I know. So you had mentioned this earlier. How about this? Pretty woman walking down the street. Pretty woman, the kind I like to meet. Pretty woman. I don't believe you. You're not the truth. No one could look as good as you. that's good that's good i wanted to ask you about the two movies you were in yes major league and major league two yes how did you get the role of monty was there an open audition um not an open audition the first uh major league was filmed in milwaukee Mm-hmm. Uh, at Old Brewer Stadium, which doesn't exist okay. anymore. Now, the, of course, the, the, it's the story of the Cleveland Indians, mm-hmm. but the Cleveland Stadium was not available for scheduling conflicts. So uh, they figured this Old Bre- County Stadium was close enough, at least for interior shot. So they came to Chicago uh, to cast, you know, some of the, the performers in the show. And so I auditioned at, uh, I think it was Jane Alderman Casting. And uh, most of my audition was actually for a ball player from the opposing team. Okay. I was at bat. I think I was being heckled by the catcher or something, as I recall. <laughs> and then I'm on my way. Uh, and they said, you know, bring a bat, bring a ball and glove so we know you can actually play baseball, which I, I could. <laughs> I wouldn't be so good at today, but back then, certainly. And then I'm way out to uh, read for color man. So I had one line. It's, uh, I don't know, uh, are you guys worried about profanity or anything on this? No, no. Should no. I keep it clean? No, you can no. do whatever you want. Okay, the original line was, uh, you can't say fucking on the air. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Harry Doyle character is, uh, says, uh, is that all we got? One hit, one fucking hit. And then my character goes, you can't say fucking yeah, on the air. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they laughed and they said, thank you. And I didn't hear anything for two weeks. I thought, well, I blew another one. Then they called and said, you're, you're color man. By the time that line made it to the movie, it was chained to, you can't say goddamn yeah, yeah. on the air. Uh, I think Bob was not comfortable. I think he was doing beer commercials at the time and mm-hmm. a little concerned about, you know, there might be a conflict. So cleaned yeah. it up a bit. Yeah. <laughs> now, did you have and a he, script or was it, was most of it just improvised? Because you, you don't really have oh, many no. lines. Definitely had a script. Okay. Definitely had a script. Bob would uh, come up with some better punchlines here and there. Uh, I pretty much stay with the script. I knew my role. Yeah. I'm a straight man. I'm the foil. Mm-hmm. For Bob Euchre's character, uh, don't try to upstage him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just play the exact opposite of his character. Don't get in his way, and that, and that's mm-hmm. th- that made for great chemistry, and it worked out great. Bob was wonderful to work with. The first one in particular was really enjoyable. We'd have some downtime, and we'd uh, hang out in an empty booth, the stadium, and he'd relate baseball anecdotes to wow. me. You know, Bob, cool. the man who has the greatest. You know, funniest anecdotes. And one on one, he's telling me that 
I mean, I thought, you know, I died and gone to heaven. Uh, and we filmed in June in Milwaukee. It was gorgeous. Nobody knew that the, the movie was going to be a hit. Yeah. It seemed funny. The script was funny. But you don't know. You, you never know any of that when you're making it, mm -hmm. for sure. I talked to, uh, at the time, Tom Berenger in the lounge at the hotel. And he was having reservations about the whole thing. I don't think he and the director were clicking beginning. Mm -hmm. They eventually, you know, worked it out. And uh, then over, you know, over 30 years later, and people are still coming up to me and recite lines yeah. from the movie. And mm -hmm. I just did uh, my first major league reunion at uh, Chiller Expo in uh, Parsippany. Yeah, that's where along with I, Tom Berenger. I met, uh, I met you there. I mm -hmm. talked to you yeah. briefly. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. I was there. Mm -hmm. uh, and for your listeners, Tom Berenger, Corbin Burnson, Chelsea Ross, and myself. And uh, that worked out great. I was a little concerned about that. I'm not quite as well known as those other mm -hmm. guys, but I did yeah. well. And people were just, uh, you know, people come up to you and tell you, hey, I love your movie. I love your part in it. What's, what's not to like about that? And you need 20 <laughs> yeah. bucks to, to buy an autographed yeah, picture. Yeah. That's a great weekend yeah. in my book. You were in one and two, but that was your only acting career. That, as far as films, that's it. Okay. Yeah. You, you ever make so a third one? Uh, the, the, the major league back to the minors is not considered part of the franchise. Mm -hmm. Bob wasn't going to do that. And, uh, he didn't want, to, then they made him a financial offer. He couldn't refuse, but he regretted it because it was so awful. He yeah. said, those guys don't know shit about <laughs> baseball. Mm -hmm. just, nobody knows what they're doing. So if they ever make another major league, it'll be major league three. Yeah. And I would like to think I'd be asked to come back, mm -hmm. but I'm not holding my breath on any of that. Mm -hmm. Is there a reason why you didn't pursue acting or this was just because? Well, I did for a while. I just didn't, wasn't getting the offers. I was in okay. Chicago. I also had, was really, when I made the first um, May League, I was actually very ill. Okay. And uh, I, I had a, an accidental extreme exposure to insecticide oh, wow. in 86. Oh. And it just uh, ruined my health for the next seven years. And I, I, was, uh, I was on a roll right before that. And then I lost health and my momentum and never quite got back, you know, where I wanted mm -hmm. it to be yeah. as far mm -hmm. as acting and so on. Mm -hmm. So, and yet I think I, was, I did better and I was healthy for Major League Two, but I thought, it, looking at it, I thought I did a better job in Major League One when I was sick as hell. So go figure. <laughs> <laughs> you have a video on your website, which is Skip. Yeah com, but I see you have quotes from different sources, and one was from Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, and I I saw that you you had played at Dangerfield's. I don't know how many times, but it was cool because the quote from Rodney is "Skip blew the roof off the place." That's good to hear. Yeah, um, I opened for Rodney Dangerfield in Paul, Minnesota. That was the first time mm -hmm. I actually met him, and uh, I had I had headlined his club a couple couple different weeks uh and the second time he let me stay at his uh empty apartment next door which there was a door right <laughs> right in the club that went right to his apartment so that was kind of i didn't have to spend the money on a hotel room but i finally met him i think they were trying me out to see if i might be an opening act for him on the road mm -hmm. so i opened for him and i did well and he just he came up and those words were to me personally okay said hey well you, you blew the roof off the place huh? <laughs> Nice. <laughs> and uh, but he never used me again. I, mm. I think I did a little too well. 
and, and it didn't set him up properly. Yeah. I got yeah. the feeling he was struggling a little bit early on. Uh, so you have to have the opening act is really important for a comedian to set, set the table properly. Yeah. And yeah. I don't think I was, I was right for him. Mm-hmm. Right. Not too weak, but not too guy. strong. Yeah. You have to be the right person for. for and, the- and it's the style too. It's got to okay. be a style that is, it's, it, it's become, it, it take us a long time to talk about all of it here, yeah, but yeah. yeah, it's, it's a little dicey there. So, but he was very nice. He was backstage wearing his uh, famous white robe. <laughs> and um, did you ever get to nothing else, you know, <laughs> right? Like a toga. Do you ever get to sit down and have a talk with him or you just you would see him? No, uh, just kind of an encounter after my uh, after my set. I'm trying to remember mm-hmm. if it was after the show or in between or uh, during intermission. I can't remember. It's too mm-hmm. long ago. Very nice fellow. Uh, brilliant comedian. One of the most economical comedians in the his setups and punchlines are shortest, kind of, you know, Henny Youngman-esque. And, 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 and that's really the goal. You know, the great comedian doesn't want to, want to do a page of copy to get to a joke. The more yeah. jokes per minute, mm-hmm. the better. And he was right. a, a master at that. So, Skip, when you're uh, not hard at work uh, doing impressions and, uh, and practicing guitar or playing for others, uh, what, else, what else keeps you busy? What else uh, fascinates you or... Uh, inspires you. What are some other things besides in your life? dancing at Chippendales? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we're well, not going to get into that. <laughs> we're not. Yeah, oh, no. all right, whatever. Uh, <laughs> what do I enjoy? You know, I kind of live, sleep, and breathe showbiz. Yeah. Uh, I I work on my stuff all the time. I have to. I have to keep. I've got f- uh, five shows that I have to keep uh, working on to keep them in my brain so I mm-hmm. don't forget them. Right. And then I'm working and, and creating a, another one. Uh, and then my next project after that is going to be a play with music, with original songs. So I've got so much work to do. I don't mm-hmm. really have much time. I'll watch stuff on the tube, occasionally get out to, to hear somebody perform. But I don't think I have any big interests out of, out of showbiz. Yeah, well, writing a play and, and, and uh, getting that together, what might be the, uh, the topic or the, uh, what direction is that? I know you don't want to well, let it all I've out. I've already there. written a few plays. Mm-hmm. Actually, my Heroes of Rock shows are actually two-act plays. But this one would be with all, uh, with all original material, which I've done a couple times before. One was called The Nine Lives of Skip Grip, mm-hmm. and it's autobiographical. Another was uh, music from my, my jazzy CD, Love in Lincoln Park. I'm not sure what the, uh, I don't have the story yet exactly uh, for that play. I have some of the songs that I want to do in it. I'll, I will wind, uh, I'll wind up writing some songs for some specific action in the play. But I, the, I'm participating, there is an Illinois uh, Museum of Rock and Roll in Joliet, Joliet Illinois, which is where I grew up. And they're working at getting that uh, to open. And one of the reasons that I'm doing this Illinois Heroes of Rock show is that I know I have a, a ready place to perform it on a regular mm-hmm. basis. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure where I started with mm-hmm. this. There's no such thing as retirement then, is there? There's no such oh, thing. Oh, not for me. I'm going to rock till I drop. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, the, the, Be- the Beatles show, you said that's something you're, you're working yeah. on. Or, I've been you... performing that already. That, that one's... Okay. Yeah. 
Now, do you perform at the same club or do you do a little tour? Do you go outside of? I uh, you uh, not so tour. We're uh, it's a, a small theater, wherever okay. that may be. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've done the Beatles show a few times, and I've made enough. And each time you do a, a show that's relatively new, you learn ways to to make it a little better, uh, fine tune it. Maybe a song doesn't work. Maybe it doesn't work yeah. in that place. It'll work maybe a little bit later. Same thing with any show. And uh, I just, in fact, the last time I did the 1970 show, I kept screwing up a song by the Four Tops, Ain't No Woman Like the One I Love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the intro, I just kept screwing up. And I and finally said, screw it. Screw that song. I'm just going <laughs> to yeah. dump it. And I've, got, I've got some kind of a, you know, glitch in my song. Mm-hmm. So I'm replacing it with uh, Stevie Wonder, You Are the Sunshine of My Life. Oh, I love that mm-hmm. tune. Which was uh, our, when I was dating a girl in 1973, that, that was a song. <laughs> and later in the show, I do um, the last single for the New Colony 6 that I wrote. And that was written about that same girl. So I've got a little tie-in. Okay. Yeah. So that worked. Cool. That was fortuitous. And then I added a song that, oh, that links to the song I do later. Anytime yeah. you can find one of those, which is something you did early in a show is yeah. a plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the way yeah. comedy works as well. You know, the best comedy exactly. is when you refer back. So to do that yeah. uh, in any show would be good. Yeah. Would you be up for some music trivia? Mike's going to ask the questions. Um, there's 20 different questions. So you're going to pick. Oh my God. Well, well okay. we're not going to do 20. We'll no. do five each. Okay. Yeah. But you're going to, you'll pick right. a number and then he'll a- ask you that question that, that corresponds. Yeah. I mean, you okay. want to go first? There's no prizes. All right. It's, oh, I thought that, is that, what's that $40,000? Oh, no <laughs> I spent oh, that. Man. I spent that. All right. Let's, uh, give me number 17. All right. Good number. Good prime number there. All right. Number 17. In what country were the Van Halen brothers born? And you got a multiple choice. Holland, France, or the U.S.? I would say Holland. Oh, where's the bell? Where's the bell? We have a bell here. Sorry. It's back there. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get, get the bell if you get it, get it right. Well, we also, um, we also need the answers in order to get it right. Oh, wait, we don't know. If, Mike doesn't know if that's right or not. All right. Uh, what was your answer so there? you don't have the answers written down? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're here. They're here. Couldn't what find it. We, we didn't there? have the bell. We have the bell now, and we have the answers. He said Holland. Yes, Holland. Yes, that is correct. Van Halen. Okay. All okay. right. One skipper. <laughs> One okay. for the skip. Number five. All right, five. All right, Jim. Ah, uh, you got an Elton John question. Come on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know this one before I asked it. For whom was Elton John's candle... In the win and ode, Jane Mansfield, Natalie Wood, or Marilyn Monroe? Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, one and all one. All right, all right. Died. Yeah, he gets the, like the easiest question uh, <laughs> ever. So um, that's why you know that's why we know the random here because I'm watching. Go ahead. Now, are skip. you going to do one or do I do the next? Oh one? no, this is this is skip against uh, skip against Jim here. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, number five. Oh, that was. I just picked. Yeah, that was five. Oh, that's the one you had. Number eight. Number eight. All right. What Boston single topped the U.S. charts for two weeks? Was it A. Amanda, B. Don't Look Back, or C. More Than a Feeling? I would say More Than a Feeling. Oh no, I'm sorry. That's my. I don't have a. I don't have a buzzer. Uh, what was it? <laughs> what was it? Uh, so was I'm going to, yeah, instead of uh, giving the answer, I'm going to hand it over uh, to uh, Jim to try and answer. 
Oh, I was going to say more than oh. a feeling. Oh, okay. Uh, it's uh, Amanda. Amanda. Wow, I vaguely okay. remember that song. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> rock ballad. Love, love rock ballad. Okay, uh, Jim. Give me I don't remember it at all by the title. Yeah, if I could sing. Yeah, exactly. you know, <laughs> number seven. Seven. What was the name of the album in which John Lennon and Yoko Ono posed nude for the cover? Some Time in New York City. Live Peace in Toronto. Two Virgins. Two Virgins. Okay. Glad that I did not get that question. Would you have gotten that one, Skip? you know anything about that one? I th- I I would have guessed two virgins. Oh, yeah, the other ones. So I guess I would. Right. Yeah, I would have gotten it right. Yeah, yeah. All right, a number. All right, thirteen. All right, I think Jim's keeping score here. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I am. He's looking for that forty thousand. That <laughs> supposed to be prize money. Uh, Fifteen. For what word is the name Devo a shortened form? Devour, development, or de-evolution? De-evolution. You got it. Yeah, that's the one I knew, Woo-hoo. finally. I guess once you hit the 80s, I'm all know it. All right, how many we uh, we each got? Uh... I'm on my third. You're on your third. Okay, yeah. all right. Hope it's not too loud. i got to flip back and forth here to get the answers, except for de-evolution. Number 12. 12. Which flaming concert provided the spark for Deep Purple's 1973 hit, Smoke on the Water? Was it the Hoot at, at the Monterey Pop Festival, Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention at Montreal, the Rolling Stones at Altamount? So I don't know. I think we understand the question. Smoke on the Water, what was its source of the inspiration for the song? I'm just so, going to guess Frank Zappa. All right, you got lucky. You got okay. lucky. And it <laughs> nice. says, while performing there at the casino in Switzerland, a fire erupted, consuming the building as well as $50,000 of the band's music equipment. And that would be, in today's dollars, about uh, probably 200, 200 k You do inflation. Wow. All right, so that was three each so far? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Choose a number uh, and we'll let number you... number four yet? I don't think we did. Number four. Number four for Skip. It's a Grateful Dead question. What was the Grateful Dead's only top 20 song? Touch of Grey, Truckin', or Casey Jones? I think it's Truckin'. Mm, I know that. No, one. it's not. Go ahead. Touch of Grey. All right, it is Touch of Grey. That was so different when okay. it came out. I couldn't believe I was watching a video, uh, a pop video of the Grateful Dead. I remember when that came out and they, it being like the number one. Like yeah. It was the first time. Like, how did which that happen? It was amazing. Yeah. Like, Strange. You know, after all those songs. But. All well known songs, though, of course. So, uh, Jim, give a number two. Two. Many liken the voice of America's lead singer, Dewey Bunnell, in A Horse With No Name to that of another 1972 rocker. Who was he? So, did Dewey sound like James Taylor, Neil Young, or Don McLean? All right, so Dewey, well, as Dewey okay. is singing A Horse With No Name, you know that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. America. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a convoluted question. Uh, Dewey singing A Horse With No Name sounded like who else? James Taylor, Neil Young, or Don McLean? Who's Dewey, though? Many liken the voice of America's lead singer, Dewey Bunnell. Oh, the lead singer of America. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The <laughs> I man. I didn't know his name. The man. I and mean, I didn't know his name either. Okay. Skip might know Dewey. 
I'm going to say... Um, I don't know him personally, but I, I've got an idea on this. Uh, okay, maybe you can steal ahead, from Jim. I, I'd say James Taylor. Eh. Okay. I'd say Neil Young. All right. Skip gets one. Okay. DJ Skip Grip. Uh, were you ever DJing? <laughs> I forgot to ask that question. DJing DJ. is like like at a party or something? Yeah, it's or, like or a college about radio. radio? Maybe even college radio, I don't know. No, actually, I worked, when I was 16 or 17, I, I worked on a radio station in Joliet, WJRC, Sunday mornings, where I kind of engineered, I opened this station in the morning and mm -hmm. engineered some shows. I played some, what they used to call middle-of-the-road music for, you know, relaxing Sunday morning mm -hmm. music, and then I would yeah. engineer for, uh, for other people's shows. Yeah. Uh, most notably, Captain Zarfus. Of the Salvation Army, <laughs> don't and know him. We, we, would need, would, uh, we would need to be local to know that, probably. Captain Zarfus would on the air. He'd be, and his eyes would be closed, and and we welcome you, and uh, we come down to the mission, and we welcome your help. And then as soon as he's off the air, you played the damn wrong record. <laughs> it's like it's like soup. Uh, yeah, yeah. What was it? Um, Casey Kasem. Yeah. Casey Kasem off the air. Oh. With, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this right. is Casey Kasem. <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. So is it my turn to pick a number? Uh, I can't yeah, this remember. is the last question. So last question. We got one more for each of you. Yeah. Is that what we're yeah. saying? Okay. Uh, 19. All right. All the way to 19 here. <clears throat> Which famous 70s guitarist produced and later played for the Edgar Winter Group? So 70s guitarist Edgar Winner, Rick Derringer, Steve Winwood, or Randy Bachman? Rick Derringer. You got it. I would not have gotten that one. I was going to say Bachman. 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 Okay. That's All not right, his last real question. name either. What's that? By the way, Rick Derringer is really, I think, Zeringer or something, and he changed mm -hmm. it once the McCoys hit to Derringer. Yeah. Yeah. It's really Zarin, I believe. <laughs> and the Z and is by the way, cool. he uh he was the lead singer for the McCoys, you know, Hang on Sloopy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. You guys know that song, right? Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. He didn't play the solo on that record. Most people think he did. That was recently that record was originally done by a group called The Strange Loves, which was a New York studio band who had a hit with I Like Candy. And uh, so they recorded this Hang on Sloopy. <laughs> No. no, that was I Want Candy. They recorded Hang On Sloopy, and yeah. they didn't like the vocals so much, and they heard the McCoys play somewhere. So the McCoys came in, just replaced the vocals, right. huh. uh, didn't change the, the, the band track. So that is not, wow. that's not Rick Derringer playing the solo on Hang On Sloopy. <laughs> A little trivia for people that remember that far back. Yeah, yeah. Where uh, are we at now? My last question. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's uh, right. He just, this is the final question. I'll say 20. Okay, so you're going to the end here. I gotta find where I'm at here. Okay, so 20. What professional sport did Rod Stewart seriously pursue, though his talents in music proved greater? Golf, tennis, or soccer? That is a tough one. I think I know this one. Go for it. I think it's soccer. You got it. Because he's known to throw soccer oh. balls oh, yeah? to the crowd. 
So if we ever find that 40k uh, somewhere in the studio, what's uh, who? What, what do you got for a well, score? I had, I had four and uh, Skip had three. Oh. So it's a close one. Yeah, <laughs> it was close. So, so you get the big prize <laughs> if yeah. we can find it. Yeah, I think it's. Yeah. I think he, I, he, I, I spent it already, so that that'll work out. <laughs> It's good talking to you, Skip, and our listeners. They can go to skipgraparis.com, keep up to date on your upcoming shows. You got a couple CDs on there. I see you have some photos uh, that you'll autograph. That's your, right. And I think you also have the Trilogy CD in there, too. I do. Mm-hmm. And, um, so uh, thank you very much. Great talking to you guys today. Have a wonderful yeah. weekend. Yeah. You too. Thank you, Skip. It was great to meet you. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Today's interview was recorded on Zoom and at Did You Say 7 Studios in Washington, New Jersey. Go to the YouTube channel for exclusive video content. Exit music by the band 99%. Today's show was produced and edited by Jim Thatcher. You can find Jim and Mike Talk Music on Apple Music, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Good night, everybody!